You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The reading today, there are two of them. The first one is from Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9 from the Common English Bible. If only you would tear open the heavens and come down. Mountains would quake before you like fire igniting brushwood or making water boil. If you would make your name known to your enemies, the nations would tremble in your presence. When you accomplished wonders beyond all our expectations, when you came down, mountains quaked before you. From ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God but you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You look after those who gladly do right. They will praise you for your ways. But you were angry when we sinned. You hid yourself when we did wrong. We have all become like the unclean. All our righteous deeds are like a menstrual rag. All of us wither like a leaf. Our sins, like the wind, carry us away. No one calls on your name. No one bothers to hold on to you, for you have hidden yourself from us, and we have handed us over to sin. But now, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. All of us are the work of your hand. Don't rage so fiercely, Lord. Don't hold our sins against us forever. But gaze now on your people, all of us. And from Mark chapter 13, verses 24 24 through 37. In those days after the suffering of that time, the sun will become dark and the moon won't give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then they will see the human one coming in the clouds with great power and splendor. Then he will send the angels and gather together his chosen people from the four corners of the earth, from the end of the earth to the end of heaven. Learn this parable from the fig tree. After its branch becomes tender and it sprouts new leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you know that he's near at the door. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come, not the angels in heaven and not the Son. Only the Father knows. Watch out. Stay alert. You don't know when the time is coming. It is as if someone took a trip, left the household behind, and put the servants in charge, giving each one a job to do, and told the doorkeeper to stay alert. Therefore, stay alert. You don't know when the head of the household will come, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows in the early morning or at daybreak. Don't let him show up when you weren't expecting and find you sleeping. When I say to you, I say to all, stay alert. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God scriptures this morning. In 2010, I learned that God's dream for the future tend to be much bigger than my own expectations of what I think can happen. That fall, I took a trip to Mozambique. It was an opportunity to travel with a group of clergy women to meet with other clergy women in Mozambique and to have a series of lectures and opportunities to learn and to teach. For me, it was my first time in that country, and I witnessed many women collecting water from a river and carrying it back to their homes. 
Some had to walk quite a far distance. And it was eye-opening for me to learn that some young women weren't able to finish high school because their families needed them to help every day by walking up to four hours to fetch water. Now, the Missouri Conference of the United Methodist Church had already established a partnership to help dig wells throughout the country. And so when I heard that a well could help a village not only have access to clean and fresh water, but it would also allow young women to complete their high school education because they wouldn't have to walk as far, I came home with a passion for helping that project. I talked with the senior pastor at the church where I was serving, and I wondered how our church could become part of this project. And we decided that year that we would try to raise $16,000 to fund a well. So we invited the congregation to participate in something called an Advent Conspiracy. We invited folks to conspire with us with this dream and give up purchasing one physical gift for someone on their list and instead donate the money they would have spent to the Well Fund Project. We made special cards so that the gift recipient would learn more about where that donation went. But I was a little nervous because $16,000 is a lot of money. And even though we had a fairly large congregation, I was worried that we would try to fund a whole well and that we would fall short. And so I went into this season of Advent with hope and also a little bit of trepidation. What if the project failed? How disappointed would I be? Well, it was after that first Sunday of Advent, the senior pastor and I were sitting in his office having a meeting when the secretary interrupted and said that one of our members needed to come in and talk with me. So I offered to go into my office if she needed to meet privately. She said, no, I'll just be a minute. I just needed to confirm how much it costs to fund a well because my mother recently died and I'd like to fund a well in her memory. I was a little flabbergasted at that and I told her it was $16,000 and I watched her write a check to the church for that amount. And after she left, I sat in my senior pastor's office stunned at that act of generosity. I also learned how often I underestimate that when God gives us a dream, God will help to fulfill that dream to make it become reality. I had so worried that our Advent conspiracy wouldn't fund one well, and yet we had one well completely funded now. Throughout the rest of the season of Advent, we not only collected enough to fund a second well, but we were almost all the way to a third well. And more than that, I heard stories of the transformation that was happening in the lives of individuals and families when they started to talk about their Christmas wish lists. And kids were saying, well, maybe I'll just have three toys instead of four, and then you can give some money to the Well Project. Or the family that was paying cash for all of their items, and when they got to the register, they found that they had lost their cash envelope, and so they couldn't buy what they needed that day. And then they decided, you know what? We don't really need any of this stuff anyway. So they didn't make their purchase. And then the next week, that envelope was found underneath a car seat. And they decided rather than going back to the store and gathering up all the things they had taken to that register, they were still going to live without. And they were going to give that entire cash envelope to the Well Project. 
Hearing those stories, and there are so many others from that campaign, was what reinforced when God gives us a vision and invites us to be part of it, there is excitement and joy in being generous. I learned the same thing again here at Central. In 2017, we had a vision for what we believed God was calling us to do, but we needed to have a capital campaign. We called it our Dreams to Reality campaign to talk about this vision for affordable housing that we believed God was calling us to do. We had to raise some money, but we're a smaller congregation and there's not very many of us who can write a $16,000 check without it bouncing. And so when I entered this capital campaign with all of you, we entered it in a spirit of prayer. And every day we asked God this question. Lord, what do you want to do through me to fulfill your will for Central UMC? Our campaign needed to raise $500,000, which is an enormous sum of money for our congregation. And on that final Sunday, when we all brought our commitments forward, we had committed more than half of what we needed just in that one worship service. Once again, I was moved to tears at the work of God through the people of God. And within a week, we had reached our $500,000 goal because of the people who were not in that worship service that day, but who did send in their pledges. Every time I think God has expanded my capacity to meet, to meet the level that God dreams at, I learn again and again and again, God's dreams are so much bigger than what I can fully envision. Yesterday, Kathy and Jean and I were touring our building sites, working on those details for our sanctuary and our hallway. In the hallway, we're going to have a timeline that tells the story of the church that began from a vision of a Sunday school. And that Sunday school grew into its own congregation, which grew into needing a bigger sanctuary, which grew into this congregation that celebrated its 100th anniversary in 2011. And as we think about the timeline of the past, we are being very intentional to include lots of space for the future, for the coming decades, so that in another hundred years, there will be a celebration of what God has done through the people of Central. As I reread our church's history, looking for those important dates in our story, I saw the different points where God gave a dream to a person or a group of people. For the ones who dreamed of a Sunday school in their neighborhood. For the ones who saw the need to purchase the adjacent property next to our existing land. They didn't have a vision exactly for what it would become, but they knew it was important to have that in order to grow. And that is what allowed them 20 years later to build the education wing and then to build the gym or the youth center. And I am so proud of this congregation, the ones who heard God's dream for a transformation of all of that space that would require us to give up the entire building so that we could create a new one with space for us to continue worshiping God, a home for Kinhaven School, and also 144 units of affordable housing. This congregation has a history of being open to listening to what God is saying, to be attentive to what God is doing, and to look for opportunities to partner with God as God dreams for our community. 
As we prepare to enter this new season in our new building, when we relaunch our mission and ministry in that space, we will continue in this tradition of looking for what God is already doing, for listening for those dreams that God is placing in our hearts about how we are called to be the hands and feet of Christ in our community. And so throughout this Advent season, we are going to focus our worship themes on what it looks like to be people who dream. There's an Advent devotional. We have a printed version available for those in person. If you don't have one and you'd like one, they're at the table where you check in when you arrive. We sent it out by email yesterday. So if you are on our email list, you can download a PDF copy. If you are not, you'll find a link on our Facebook page. And if you don't have access to any of those, just call our church office at 703-527-8844. And you'll talk to Tish, who can help you get either a printed or a digital copy. This will help you encounter the same texts that we are going to hear read and proclaimed in worship. Each week until Epiphany, we will hear the prophets, the psalmist. We will meet Elizabeth, John the Baptist, Mary, Joseph, Simeon, Anna, the shepherds, and the magi. All of those people were dreamers in some way. They were open to God's dream. They understood their role in God's dream for this world, and they engaged in a very specific way with God's dream for this world. Throughout Advent, we'll encounter the mystery and wonder of God who dreams for a better future for all of humanity. As we encounter these stories of dreamers, we will see how this season is designed for the dreamers in all of us. The ones who dream of a deeper connection with God, the ones who dream of a better world for all, the ones who dream for comfort and even the comfort for those who have given up on their dreams. It's for those whose dreams have been crushed and for those who have lost the ability to seek God's dream. Throughout this season of Advent, we will be reminded that God's original and ultimate dream is to be in connection and communion with all of humanity. To connect God's heart and soul with our heart and soul is what inspired the words of the prophet Isaiah that we heard Lane read for us. We long for God to dwell among us, Emmanuel, God with us. The prophet Isaiah expresses the anguish of this dream being disrupted when he, read, when he wrote these words. Oh God, if only you would tear open the heavens and come down. He was speaking to God on behalf of people suffering from an oppressive political regime. He was also speaking to God on behalf of people who were living with the shame that comes from knowing you have been unfaithful to God, that you have rejected God's love and turned away from holiness and righteousness in pursuit of your own selfish desires. Isaiah beseeches God to forgive the people. He says, don't hold our sins against us forever, but gaze now on your people, upon all of us. This word of hope is for those who have stopped dreaming because of the weight of the shame or guilt they carry. I've spoken with folks who have given up hope that God could ever use them because of the sins that they've committed. 
God has seen all that we have done. And God knows all that we have thought about doing. And yet continually from generation to generation, God reaches out to humanity with love and the healing grace that is needed for us to turn from sin and move toward holiness of heart. In a few moments to prepare ourselves for Holy Communion, we will pray a prayer of confession. We will ask God to forgive us for the things that we've done and also to forgive us for the things that we have left undone. Sometimes we leave something undone because we don't think we're capable of doing it. Maybe we think that God's dream is too big for us, so we're not even going to bother trying to be part of that dream. And sometimes we may leave something undone because we're simply procrastinating, putting off to the future what God is calling us to do now. Maybe we hesitate inviting someone to worship this month because this building we're in right now is only a temporary space. Maybe we're tired and maybe we think, well, I'll call my friend next week. Maybe we don't think we're ready to step up to leadership or to serving in the way God is calling us to. So we postpone leading or serving until we think that we are ready. The words of Jesus that we heard Lane read from the gospel of Mark speak to the need to be ready to respond when God calls us. Jesus said, watch out, stay alert. You don't know when the time is coming. He says to them, the original disciples and to us today, stay alert. Throughout the season of Advent, God is at work and it is our responsibility to pay attention and to be alert to what God is already doing. The way that God is calling us to be part of that dream and to be ready to respond even if we don't think we're ready. As we journey throughout this season of Advent, we will encounter one dreamer after another. And we will see that being a dreamer doesn't mean retreating into a personal daydream. It doesn't mean just simply wishing and hoping for a better future and waiting for others to act. It means being alert and awake to what God is already doing so that we can see the invitation for our part in that work. It means being alert and awake to the opportunity to say yes to what God is doing and inviting us to be a part of. It means saying yes to helping make God's dream a reality. So friends, this Advent, I pray that each of us will be open to God's dream for our future as individuals and as a community of faith. I pray that each of us will be willing to keep awake and alert to the opportunities that are ahead of us in the coming weeks and months and years so that we can continue to participate in God's dream being made a reality. Thanks be to God for this invitation. May we all have the courage and faith to answer. Amen.